visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International, and I am Natalie So. Up this hour, we have some music for you on just the classics. But first, join us for some interesting stories from Taiwan on our live recorded version of Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It is Tuesday, July 13th, if you're watching us now on Facebook. And if you're listening to us through the radio, it's Wednesday, July 14th. And in the studio, we have Shirley Lin. Hi there. And I am Natalie So. Hello. We'll be talking about, well, today is the first day of eased restrictions. Um, we are still under level three alert. But since the cases are declining, some places are opening up with some looser restrictions. We'll be telling you all about that and how the MRT is seeing more people riding on it. And also how testing at the end of quarantine is helping keep the outbreak um, contained. Yeah. And also what we can do for sea turtles in Taiwan. Okay. Those stories and more. Also how tourist attractions are looking this uh Today, I guess. The first mm, day, right? Today, yeah. All that's coming right up. Okay, Shirley. So, well, let's tell everybody what is going on. Basically, I can hardly see you. You can yeah. hardly see me. I'm like behind <laughs> all the, te the technology. Yeah, that's okay. Go ahead. So, um, today is the first day where we have some eased restrictions. So, actually, places like some cinemas. You can go yeah. there, but you can, I, th I think you can only have like six people in the whole cinema. Really? <laughs> That's what I heard. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot oh. of social distancing. Um, no, res no restaurants, I think, except in Penghu, outlying island. Oh, people no are wonder. Start still not I wanting, you know, opening up restaurants. Oh, I had, I had, no wonder I didn't see any news about, you know, restaurants opening up for dining in. It's because people are afraid, and so so only Pingdong is happening. I with think it's only in. no. I think it's only Penghu. Oh, Penghu, Penghu. This is an offshore island. It's not even on Taiwan proper. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, the central government actually oh. opened it up, but then all the local governments didn't want to open it up. Yeah, that makes sense. So, it's scary. Oh, hi, Nazir Aziz. Hello. Hi. And yeah, so we got some people. So do let us know if you are watching us. Send us a comment. Yeah, leave any uh, comments. Share our show. Or questions for us. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I was saying that, yeah. um, so some places are open, like some tourist attractions are open and the like. Yeah. And I think you can go to the gym. Some gyms are open. Okay, here's the thing. I mean, movies, you know, going to movies is my husband and my best pastime. But right now, I'm still afraid to go to the movies. But you were saying that if they limited to only six people per theater, <laughs> then I feel safer. I'll probably tell my tell my husband John, "Let's go." <laughs> yeah, but you better like get get a ticket early because oh, know. we have to reserve ahead of time. Like, well, you know. I think well, yeah, so. Of course. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah you're right. If it's only six people, oh no. Oh, well, you, know, you can I'm, go like I'm, when no one else is going. I'm fine staying home watching Netflix, actually. But anyway, <laughs> the other thing is the gym, you know, the sports centers, right? Wait, are we talking about sports centers? I think like so. Like the district sports centers? Well, I can't wait for those to open <clears throat> up because, you know, we've got Zumba classes. Although, you know, John and I, my husband and John and I, we've been taking Zumba classes from 
just watching YouTube's not John Lunch Pantry is right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> my my job, my hubby, and um and also, but the one thing that I really miss is like you know our strength training coach. I've been wanting to see him and get some real proper strength training, but I'm still worried. I mean, you know, I mean it's opened up, but I know I'm. I mean, you you I'm may iffy. wonder if like someone else touched the, yeah, the weights know, that I'm you did that has COVID. Going. Oh, this is so hard. Oh, this is so hard. I know. I, I mean, scary. I want to go to the gym, but yeah. you know, of course, I'm a little bit uneasy. Yeah. I have not been exercising as much as I used you haven't? to. Oh, yeah. well, much I've been less, doing some. Much I'm feeling a little bit of soreness in my abdomen because I said I've got to do some, you know, abdomen exercise, strength training here, because I feel like you know my tummy is coming out mm. from sitting at home so much. You know, being becoming a couch potato. So. Well, you still look pretty thin, Shirley. You're uh, doing okay. Well, only I know <laughs> that I've got a belly. <laughs> so, but so, yeah, I well, don't know. Well, what, what is in the news about these? How are the tourist attractions doing, Shirley? Well, um, I only know about a, a couple, and they're mostly down south. We're talking about um, Kaohsiung's, um, there's this lake called the uh, Chengqing Lake. And uh, it's outdoors, so people definitely feel safer. And they're getting more people there uh, with the easing of restrictions. And um, But then they only expected something like, in one morning, they only expected something like 600, when normally that's only like, what, a fraction of, you know, the normal crowd that they would get on uh, on a day, you know, before COVID, when it's normal. But, um, and so that all that's fine. And bird lovers are like loving it, you know, going out and take pictures of the birds and everything, you know, cause it's all out in the open. I would feel safer too, if it's out in the open, like a park or a lake or something like that. But on the opposite, indoor venues, even though they have, you know, eased the restrictions, not that many people are showing up. Like the famous um, Pingdong, that National Museum on Marine Biology. Mm-hmm. And they're only got a 10, not even a 10th of people you know there um so it's looking sad um i can see why because it's indoors but then there's so many it, great everyone things thinks there's so many people are going to be there but actually there's nobody there well that's true <laughs> that's true but i don't know um you just don't know i mean i'm sure they clean it and they disinfect it and everything but you don't know who's been there I would be worried going indoors. I mean, I feel like I'll be holding in my breath, you know, like I, I don't dare to breathe. So I think I feel safer Do if it's outdoors. Do you go to department stores and stuff? No. No? No shopping As at much all? as I really want to. You know what? It's funny because I've been, I feel like I needed some comfy pants because I'm staying home. I, can't, I don't want to wear jeans at home. It, they're not that comfortable. I want something loose, you know, baggy kind of pants. And I don't have one except for one. But you have to change, right? You know? And I'm dying to go shopping for those kind of like baggy, comfortable, home, you know, wearing kind of pants. That's that. That's the only thing that I, that I, you know, that I'm dying to go shopping for. <laughs> Isn't this funny? Because I mean, you know, I used to shop for clothes to wear to work or to outdoors or formal occasions. But now, I'm dying for a pair of pants, you know, that's to you know wear at home. Which because we're I don't at home have. so much. I know. Well, what was the first thing you wanted to do when you, you know, restrictions eased up? If they've eased up in your country, you can let us know how things are going on in your country. Yeah, share with us and, how you guys are doing. Uh, yeah, how are you feeling about um, how things have been opening up? Yeah. So And how you guys ease it into the reopening? Because we can definitely learn from other countries. Oh, yeah, you know? it'd be interesting to hear how other people are doing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't have that many cases now, like 20 to 30 a day, mm-hmm. which I would say is 
pretty low mm. for a, a whole country. Yeah. But we're still being careful. I think people in Taiwan are pretty uptight. I mean, they're we super are. careful. They want to know what every single like case and who who gave it to who and every <laughs> single thing. They want to know. They're tracking all that. Right. So you could go crazy doing that. I mean, the care, you know, like yeah. if you listen to the press conference, it's all these questions like, what about that person? Who's <laughs> all these that? questions. And, oh, what about that person and that? Yeah, and case that number so-and-so, you know. So people are really, you know, uh, vigilant here in Taiwan. Of course, not every single person, but most people are. So mm. how is it in your country? Let us know. Okay, so we also have some news like how the uh, public transportation is doing at this time. Yeah. Tell us about that. You know, it's funny because it's like on the first morning when we have this easing of restrictions, um, the MRT, that's our subway system, uh, saw a surge of 10% of you know, the average passengers, uh, on a number of pa uh, passengers. I, I'm not sure if I dare to take it now. Even though, isn't it funny? It's there's easing restrictions, and you feel you should feel safer taking the subway system. But all of a sudden, I feel like, oh yeah, I can take the subway to work now. I don't have to rely on my husband and my son driving me to work. But I hesitate, <sighs> you know, because then there are more t people on the trains, and I don't feel safe. Ten percent I mean, is not too much. Still, not much it seems at all. like. Uh, I mean, okay. So, in, <laughs> according to numbers, then. It's like uh, a ten percent rise uh, in the number from the week before, and which was like um, between six a.m. and nine a.m. that morning. A total of one hundred eighty-six people took the MRT compared to one hundred eighty-six. Yeah, one hundred eighty-six thousand. Sorry, sorry, I met. Uh, <laughs> I, I missed some zeros. Too many zeros. One hundred eighty-six thousand people took the MRT compared to one hundred sixty-seven thousand. Which yeah, okay, fine. So, you know, it's not that many more, but it just sounds like a lot. And but what is the usual, though? The usual? Well, it doesn't give me the usual in this story here, but it says that, you know, when we started the outbreak, the real serious outbreak in May, mid, like May 11th, we, they had 448,000 passengers taking the train. I mean, before, before, before May 11th, when we had the major outbreak. So that, that is a big drop, you know. But I remember um, even way, even like last year, and I was still taking the MRT to work, there would only be a few, I mean, a handful really? of people in each train. Wow. So I felt really That's safe. That's really safe. Then, yeah. I mean, Actually, people you should try it one. Scared. There's probably not too many people. <laughs> no, I mean, there now I think there is a lot no more of people. people. I mean, I did take the MRT the other day when my son or my husband couldn't drive me. I said, it's okay, I'll take the MRT. There was more. There were more people, but you know how people. You know how there's like two seaters, and you know people just stay away from you know, just one person to each two seater, so they they kind of you know spread out themselves. You know, so there weren't that many people, but but still, that's definitely more than when I was taking it last year. So um, that uh, yeah, it worries me. It's funny, you know. I should feel safer about taking the MRT, but I'm not. <laughs> so. I mean, you you drive. Are you going to continue to drive? I mean, you've always been driving to work. Oh, driving you've never is taken much safer. Yeah. Much, yeah, and it's much easier. It's, it's more convenient too. for you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm wondering when I'm going to start taking the MRT and don't have to bother my husband or my son. But um, but I feel like now for them to drive me to work is an excuse to get out of the house. Otherwise, they become such terrible couch potatoes, and they're always like you know stuck to their online games and. 
my husband's like, you know, he's got these new electronics in it in the house now to make himself more comfortable, you know, because now that you're home, might as well make it like look like a feel like a moving theater, you know. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think I'll still make them drive me to work so that they get out of the house at least a little bit, you know. Okay, so that's what's going on here, and uh, yeah. we'll let you know if Shirley's taking the metro next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check back. I'll we'll give me. you an update. <laughs> right. So uh, Jen Delari says hello. Hi, Jen. Hi. And also Joshua Buendea from the Philippines says good Hi. afternoon. Here from the Philippines, mm -hmm. and uh, oh, Nazir is asking if there's any direct flight or visa from Pakistan to Taiwan. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll go look into that, but I don't yeah. know the answer right now. I doubt it, though. Anyway. Probably not. I don't. I yeah. don't know. So you want to come? <laughs> <laughs> Just to let you know, we're not open to foreign visitors yet. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Not oh, now. Maybe for work or something, you can come here, but not for not for right. fun. Right. You have to have special permit to be able to come, or oh, you've got you're right. a, 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 a legal resident of the country. Otherwise. Nope, not yet. But oh. definitely come. Tom is a great place to be. It's a beautiful island. <laughs> Hopefully this whole pandemic will be over soon. I know. I wonder when. Well, well speaking of quarantine, we do have some news about uh, tests being done at the end of quarantine, right? Yeah. You know, um, it's funny. I don't think we really realize the importance of taking COVID tests. But um, so as of, I think, only recently on just on Tuesday. Yeah, today. They decided the policy to give people, um, you know, these COVID tests at the end of their quarantine period uh, to how and, and actually has. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. This has been going on for a while since June 22nd um, that, you know, people have to take these tests, uh, you know, during and after they're finished with their quarantine period. Because before this, we were not doing that at all. And which was not wise, I think. But now, because we're doing that, we are, it has helped contain the spread of the virus, which I think is a great idea. So what, what it is, is that uh, apparently, like, for example, there were 18 people who tested positive at the end of their mandatory 14-day quarantine since June 22nd, uh, when they became required, okay, for travelers arriving to, um, to take the test, and also for those people listed as contacts of domestic COVID cases. You also have to take tests. Now, the 18 tested negative for the virus upon the arrival in Taiwan, but then, uh, um, but then on a second test taking um, at the end of the quarantine period, their test became positive, came out positive. Oh, but that's good that we caught them in quarantine. Yes. So a lot of the new cases are actually in quarantine. Right. So, so that's good. Yeah. That meant, what does that mean? That means that these 18 patients, especially those who were asymptomatic, were prevented from returning to the community when they were still infectious. So, I mean, I guess, yeah. Why is it that the first time they take the test and then the second? No, the so maybe, you know, the, the virus has not grown. The, has not grown? Yeah, yeah. Even though they're asymptomatic, but then it hasn't grown in, like, mature <laughs> in, inside their body maybe, or something? Maybe. Huh. I don't know. I don't because know. I, I, I wondered about that, you know? But it's always better to be cautious, right? Better be safe than sorry. That's definitely true. So um, prior to June 22nd, only people arriving from countries classified as high-risk areas or countries were required to take the PCR test, you see. So we weren't that cautious then. Um, but the thing is that uh, the more comprehensive uh, testing policy 
was introduced to better curb the highly infectious Delta variant of COVID-19. That's why we consider taking these tests because after the appearance of Delta variant. So yeah, everybody's like scared when we heard about the Delta variant because apparently you can oh. easily get it um, like really quick. But in Pakistan, they said they have the fourth, the fourth what wave of the Delta oh, no, variant. Really? And that's what saying that. Sabina oh. also asked you, do you think you'll feel safer after you're fully vaccinated, Shirley? <laughs> would you? I, I, I don't know. I guess I would feel safer a little bit. Just a little? Yeah, because apparently that's what I heard. You know, everybody, everything is, just, is based on what we hear from other people. Is that um, you probably still get it, but then you, you, you won't get as sick as those who are not vaccinated. That's what I've heard. So well, vaccination is supposed to be like 95% effective against serious illness serious. and hospitalization. Right, 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 right. So, um, oh, good. So you should be safer. I should you feel should a lot more than just a little safer. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's right. I would not, I wouldn't need to be hospitalized. You know, that, that, yeah, you don't want to be in a hospital. You really don't. Not during this time. Okay. What about so, you? So you do feel safer. Yeah, but I Regardless. have. A, yeah, I do want to get vaccinated. But it yeah, happened. I know. Paula got vaccinated today. Right. First shot. She did. Good for yeah. her. I'm very happy for her. I hope yes. that she's well. She's a little bit tired. Mm-hmm. A little bit sore in the but arm. Other than that, other she than seems that, fine. She's doing fine. She even helped us with the new shift today. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about something else besides the pandemic for now. Let's talk about our sea turtles. Oh, what about them? They got this cute little sea turtles. So, anyways, um, mm-hmm. uh, I'll show you. I'll show you the link later. Yeah, we'll give. We'll it drop link. it in there. So, mm. sea turtles, of course, are so adorable. Have you ever seen a sea turtle, Shirley? No, not in person. You have, right? I have seen many when I oh, was really? in Hawaii. Oh, in Hawaii. How about also in Taiwan? Taiwan. Oh, I you have. And if you go to Shalulu Cho no. and you go snorkeling, they're going to take you to see the sea turtles. And it's lots of fun. They're so pretty. Like, you feel very peaceful when you're around a sea turtle. Because mm-hmm. they have this, like, cute look on their face. And they're, like, going really slow. <laughs> That's and true. And then it's, like, in, in the ocean, everything's so slow. Uh. And, oh, it's just wonderful. It's a great thing to do. But um, some people are actually calling attention to the fact that, you know, a lot of them actually are injured. Oh. About one in five turtles um, that has been encountered by Turtle Spot Taiwan was injured. So, um, and there is something that we can do to help them, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things we can do is not to litter on the beaches. Oh, okay. Because they don't know the different, like, like they, a, can't tell a, it's tr- they can't tell, like, a plastic bag. They right. think it's a... Um, Food. A, a, what do you call it? Jellyfish, which they like to eat. Oh. They like yeah. mistake it for jellyfish. Oh no! So and of course we've seen pictures of you know that's terrible. Yeah, straws up their nose. Yes, and terrible things like that. So please do not litter when you're at the beach or anywhere. Actually, if you do, take your trash away with you. Every single piece of it. Yeah, that, that's what it means not to litter. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, every single piece. Right. Okay. So, anyways, um, so anyway, sometimes they are also you know collide with boats so that's kind of hard oh and um but some boat owners are like installing safety covers on their rudders to mm-hmm. you know uh be gentle to sea life and let's see what else do we know about them huh also they're doing this campaign called name the sea turtles 
Oh. So they're encouraging Giving people. Each one, yeah, uh, them a they name. give them names. That way you feel they're more personal, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, that's it does. Bob, you know, yeah. that's Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> that's Natalie. <laughs> Over there, that yeah. one. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think that's a great idea. I, I mean, I do care about these sea turtles, and it's great to see that mm. with, you know, these animal rights groups caring about them. Uh, they say sea turtles have good eyesight, but they're not oh, the smartest really? animals. They, oh, okay. Yeah, they mistake the plastic bags for jellyfish. Oh. Um, so especially plastic. Yeah. The you know the ocean has too much plastic, and usually it becomes you know microplastics that get into our fish. They mm. also come back to us, you know, when we yes. eat the fish. So that's not good. Mm, it harms either. our health. There. I mean, these turtles—they're so innocent looking. They're harmless. They're you know they're just. Go about their lives in the water, and we really shouldn't, you know, shouldn't harm them in any way. And if they're, you know, they're just going about their life, they're not, they're not bothering you, you know. And I think that um, the plastics and those kind of trash, because they're very light, they get blown by the wind, and they get right on that's the water, true. and then that's that's it. We've got to be really you know, that's just uh, careful damage. about yeah. those plastic so, cups and bags and straws and everything. I thought. Well, what what was it now? We have a goal of like reaching plasticless by what year was it? We uh, we don't seem to be doing a good job about that. Well, I think well, I, I mean we're gradually still, decreasing. We We've been are, decreasing the use of plastic bags. I'm and, bad and, at this. I'm still using plastic as bags. Well, and um, yeah, I'm bad at this. I mean you know. we're we're gradually decreasing, but we're not there yet. Yeah, you know it's all a matter of convenience. So you take you know, don't bother. I mean just get a plastic bag, or you just forget to bring a a bag from home. You know. But um, yeah, we're bad at this. But uh, especially these clear plastic ones, you know, turtles can't tell that it's a it's a jellyfish or or, or clear plastic. Yeah, that can be really harmful. Um, Jen Delari says uh, in response to how you're feeling, Shirley, you can still get COVID. Uh, we're talking about after the mm -hmm. vaccinated. It mm -hmm. just won't be really, really, really bad. It's right. Why I still wear masks even after being vaccinated. Okay. I don't want to get it, would. not know it, and give it to someone else. That's true. You can oh, also be contagious. True. Yeah. And not everyone's vaccinated in the world and even in every country, right? Mm -hmm. um, even like in the U.S., I think it's only about half of the people are vaccinated. Some people don't want to get vaccinated. I know. You know, A in the U.S., country. they have lotteries. <gasps> Oh, right, I mean, they have like incentives. Yeah, right? I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> we're like desperate. Everyone's desperate to get vaccinated here now. That that is true. But um, some people don't want it when they have it. We got a third donation from Japan. That is right. We're very happy yeah. about that. Thank you, Japan. Yes, um, but been that's only us... because they don't. They're hesitant about taking the vaccine themselves. Well, well, that's, that's not the only reason. I mean, well, they have they for... have a lot of their own. Um, other brands of vaccines. So that's what I figured. Right. But they have a, a big, like they have like probably like 20 million, I think, AstraZeneca vaccines. And they've given us over 3 million. Yeah. Which has been very helpful because we hardly had any. I if know. it weren't for the U.S. and Japan. Japan, we would have less than a million, I think. Yeah. Which is nothing, you know. But know. They, they gave us over 5 million. We've got 23 million people here, and, uh, by the way. You know, supplies are steadily coming in. Of course, there's a big deal that went through uh, in China uh, between Terry Guo, who is f the Foxconn founder, the mm -hmm. guy who his company makes all your electronic products that you don't know about. He manufactures mm -hmm. them and um, like Apple phones and mm. things like that. And then also TSMC. TSMC. So the two tech giants uh, made a deal with 
you know, the distributor for BioNTech Pfizer. Right. So we'll be getting those in a few months. 10 million doses. Right. And they're going to go to the Great. students here, though, between ages 12 and 18. Yeah, that's what I read in the news. Oh. Because BioNTech is fitted for these younger Good. people. Yes. So um, also Nazir says, female turtles, they lay dozens of eggs on the shore, but only a few are able to reach the sea and survive. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, turtles have it tough, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to take care of our turtles. We need to take care of, you know, our our uh, environment yes. so that people and animals can live uh, safer. Don't litter, especially plastics. Okay, so enough uh, reminders for the day. <laughs> <laughs> but we do thank you for tuning in to Here in Taiwan. It's been fun hanging out with you. Yep. And uh, great to share what's going on here in Taiwan. Um, thanks for tuning in. And for Here in Taiwan, I'm Natalie So. And I'm Shirley Lin. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>just a classics i'm your host for this week i'm shirley lynn from radio town international today i'll be introducing music from sandy lum or lin ilian uh, she's from hong kong but well liked in taiwan has quite a fan base here she's not only a singer but she's also an actress and album producer she became famous in the 80s as a candle pop singer she has released albums in Cantonese, Mandarin, English, and Japanese. She is known to be innovative in her music, stepping outside of popular genre and getting really creative. It's true, especially of her last two albums, but she didn't start off with much luck in the beginning, though. Well, let's hear her voice first, hear her singing, before I tell you more about Sandy Lum. This one is... This uh, at least they're still used.
Listening to just the classics, I'm Shirley Lin. Now, Sandy Lum came from a family of musicians. Her dad was from Shanghai, and he was a professional Erhu player with the Hong Kong Chinese Orchestra. Now, Erhu is a、uh, two-stringed bowed instrument. Okay, and Sandy's mom was a performer in Yue Opera. That's a form of Chinese opera. So. Um, now, when Sandy was still in junior high, she was a DJ because she was found to sing pretty well at an outdoor performance, and she also acted. Well, she hasn't acted very much actually. Singing is really her thing.、Um, Sandy's music career didn't make a major breakout,、uh, or rather, outbreak at the beginning.、Um, her first Cantonese album was heavily influenced by Japanese music genre, even though it was very popular in Hong Kong then. But、uh, her album was just only mediocre. Okay, well, it didn't get very popular. But then it wasn't until later in 1987 when she released the album Gray, Huise,、uh, the color gray, that locals started taking her seriously, and that album shot up the charts. And Sandy won her very first award in、uh, for her music.、Um, she then transcended to other genre、uh, with her next album called Ready. In 1988, which is、uh, kind of jazzy music, and I'm gonna let you hear a couple more songs、uh, of her songs here before I move on. Here's "I'm Not Strong Enough," that's an English song, and "I Go Wo De Mei Yi Tian," loving me every day.
剩下孤单的自己，偏偏又想起。
So now it wasn't until uh, like from 1988 to 1990 that she let Hong Kongers get a taste, a real taste of her true musical capabilities. So she then went on platinum. She, that means her albums sold for more than one million copies. Her releases then were like uh, dance pops, ballads recorded by Western artists. And she can be profoundly feminist in her lyrics for her songs. Um, she really represented female experience of life and love in the busy streets of Hong Kong. That's how they put it. So she was originally depicted as Hong Kong's dancing queen because of the dancey, groovy style of her music. Um, I don't remember her as that. Uh, not, not now. Not from what I remember about her. Um, anyway. Then during the 90s, she started developing her Taiwanese market by trying out Mandopop, that's Mandarin Chinese music, and that was how she ushered in Mandopop into Hong Kong, which got the Hong Kong people interested in Taiwan's dominance, regional dominance in Mandopop music. In 1995, she paired up with Jonathan Lee, who's a famous Taiwanese music uh, producer, and released her fourth Mandarin album called Love Sandy. And it was then that they, the two, Jonathan and Sandy, developed a love relationship. And later they married, but only to divorce six years later. They have a daughter from that marriage, though. It was pretty big in the news uh, about their divorce because both of them were like, you know, like big celebrities. Both still singing now and developing their music only separately. But Love Sandy became a real hit of ballads, love songs, and R&B-inspired pop. She became so well-known across Asia, including Singapore and China. Almost every song was a hit, with many of them becoming like well-selected songs at KTVs. The album remains one of the best-selling albums in mental pop scene. She became so popular that uh, she was even cast as a lead female, as the lead female singer in Hong Kong's like one of the biggest musical you've ever uh, Hong Kong has ever come out of Hong Kong. Okay, it's the Snow Wolf Lake written by um, also Hong Kong's hot singer called Jackie Zheng, very talented, very talented singer, Zhang Xueyou, yeah. And she was also invited to sing the Mandarin theme song On My Own from Les Miserables when it performed in Shanghai. In 2012, Sandy released Gaia, named after Greek goddess of Earth. She experimented with New Age music. And Gaia received such tremendous accolades, winning four awards at the Golden Melody Awards in 2013. It's like the biggest, uh, um, you know, Asian Music Award held in Taiwan every year. The four awards were Best Mandarin Female Singer, Best Mandarin Album, Best uh, Album Producer, and Best Musical Arranger. She came out top at a singing contest in China in 2017. I mean, thinking about a veteran singer, you know, you think that she's probably something of the past, but she, you know, she's daring, and she actually won, you know, um, at, uh, in, in 2017. This singing contest is really, really um, very aggressive and very competitive. I mean, she was probably competing against some much younger singers who probably some of them don't even know her, I'm just guessing. Now, her latest work, called Zero, the number zero, released in 2018, took three years to produce. It's very original because it explained the many concepts of zero, including the beginning and the end. She won Best Mandarin Female Singer and Best Recording Vocal Album uh, Awards for that album, Zero, in 2019 at the Golden Melody Awards as well. So we're going to end with that song called Guilin, Returning to Zero by Sandy Lam. Thank you so much for joining me on Just Classics.
I'm Shirley Lin.
Radio Taiwan International. Any day, anytime at english.rti.org.tw. 听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听听